Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Anyways, you want to start? <laughs> Gracie. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love how this just turns into like the nanny. <laughs> just the nanny podcast. That would be so much fun. Can you imagine if we had a nanny Called podcast? The fannies. Because <gasps> we're the fans of the nannies. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki Jensen. And I'm Brie Picconi. And we're late, late to, to the party. So. So. How you doing? You know, I'm doing okay. How you doing? I'm good. I mean, you know, as good as I can be. I don't know. This week has been bad. <laughs> like, Mercury's not in retrograde, so I can't blame it on that. Yeah. I got sick, but I tested negative for COVID like four or five times. Then, I don't know. I don't know. That's a positive. Yeah. Right? I don't even know. I mean, it's COVID. I don't want to say, like, it's not a big deal or anything. I don't want to get, like, people being like, hey, yes, pitchforks. I don't want the pitchforks to come out. But, like, isn't the protocol different? Like, isn't it, like, if you are sick, you don't have to stay home as long or something? It's, like, five days or four days? I don't know. I don't know. Knock on wood, but I've never gotten it. Yeah. So. I had to think. If I, ha- I don't think I have either. I just had a lot of scares, you know? Oh, yeah. But I think a lot of it was also paranoia. <laughs> I know we were like running around like freaks for a whole two years, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So for this installment of Eat Pray Pod, which we're coming down to the wire, it's this and then Eat Pray Love, and then the summer of Julia Roberts is over. That's really sad. I know. Honestly, like, I wanted it to last forever. Cue the violins. I do too. I. I don't know. I love Julie Roberts. Same. She's been appearing in my dreams too lately. What? Yeah, like um just being a movie star. I think I met her in one dream. I don't know. It was pretty interesting. I don't remember the details now cuz it's been like a week or two. But I think because we've been watching so many Julie Roberts movies, you know. Yeah. It's just been on the brain. Well, I'm not going to lie. And JLo. It's <laughs> always on the brain. I saw a photo of her and Ben Affleck going to Dunkin Donuts. Which I love, like, okay, me being, like, sick the past week and things going awry, when I saw those paparazzi photos of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez going to the Dunkin', oh my god, it it made me feel a sense of normalcy, because no matter who Ben Affleck is with, he is getting the D. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. What what do they have? Do they have iced coffee, or, like, do we know? he is always pictured with an iced coffee and it looks the straight up like dunkin donuts like cracked coffee like, like the cream and all that like good i think stuff. he says yes yeah i think him and his phoenix back tattoo say yes to the cream and the sugar and the, but like these paparazzi photos um he just had a bag huh so it was food so it could be it's something it could be like a wake-up wrap or something we don't know what do you think do you think <laughs> okay so ben affleck Loves Dunkin' Donuts because uh-huh. he's from Massachusetts. Is that the, where they originated? I don't know, but it's like that, like meme almost, or like life meme that mm. like people from like Boston love Dunkin'. Okay, I believe it. But do you think Brie is the biggest Jennifer Lopez fan? Yeah, who's on the J Lo? Mm-hmm. What do you think? If anything, what do you think J Lo gets at Dunkin'? 
maybe like maybe like turkey sausage something i don't know maybe like mm, i don't know maybe like some donut holes you know like she's naughty and she's like i'm gonna get one donut hole yeah basically like man that's not really they come in a dozen and then she's like no just one (laughs) i'm j-lo i'm j-lo yeah exactly i think that's how it goes down like it but you know who seems like they would get a proper dozen munchkins at the duncan i mean i know i would but are we talking celebrities well i would say Aaron Brockovich. Oh, true. She's a down-to-earth, you know, former Miss Wichita. Right? So, but yeah, for this um, installment of E-Pray Pod, we are discussing the Oscar contender of the year 2000, Aaron Brockovich, starring Julia Roberts as Aaron Brockovich. (laughs) Yeah. In the titular role. Titular. Um... I just gotta say, before we get started, like, I really enjoyed this movie. Me too. Like, it was really good. Like, I, I kind of knew it was gonna be good, and it lived up to the hype for me. I feel like, I was about to say, I feel like I have so much to talk about, <laughs> which it's, like, good, because we're on a podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, if I was like, I have nothing to say, no notes. That is, that'd be terrible. It's, like, episode over. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening, but, okay, Brie. Yeah. I've been wanting to say this. I feel like this movie, I don't want to say mismarketed, but it, the marketing is so deceiving, like, based on everything I've heard about Aaron Brockovich. I thought it was going to be a little more, like, based on the trailers, like, growing up, it's all, like, they're boobs, Ed. Aaron Brockovich is using her, like, short skirts and high heels to, like, take over. Uh-huh. And stop the water crisis. And that's not... The movie is not like that. Not exactly. I mean, she does wear short skirts. And she does use her boobs a couple times. But it's subtle. It's subtle boob usage. Yeah. I think it's just her style. But it's not like she's like... I don't know. I think it's just like... That's not the point of the movie. Like, she's doing so much more than than just looking hot, basically. Or being funny. Because it's not... I don't know. I mean, she has some really good lines, though, in this movie. Yes. I don't know. It feels really lived in. Like, the performance feels really lived in. It does. Like, a fully formed, like, person. Like, I feel like this role was made for Julia Roberts. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, Julia Roberts gets to have her Julia Roberts-isms. Mm-hmm. But it's not in, like, a way that's contrived is the right word. But it's not like you're like, oh, it's Julia Roberts trying to win an Oscar. It's just like, oh, well, if Julia Roberts is going to win an Oscar, it's because Aaron Brockovich is like, it's a pretty well written character. And also it's like, Mm -hmm. she has the highest stakes and can act. Yeah, the stakes are kind of high. And I don't know. I feel like these stakes are the highest in any of the movies we've seen so far. Any of the Julia Roberts films we've watched this summer. I will say not to get all actory, because you know I went to to theater school. Mm-hmm. But um, this is kind of like the perfect role. Mm. Like if you, like we were talking about the stakes, the motivations, like every like box is checked for like a stellar performance, and it's also kind of like handed to her. Yeah, 
So, I don't know, it's perfect. It works. And it's based on a real person, you know. You could interview them, you could study the, I don't know. Yeah. And she was the waitress in the diner scene. Oh, shoot. You know, I was thinking that waitress looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Ah. And um, what's his name? Long pause. <laughs> Albert Finley is the actor's name. What's his name? Edward Masary. Ed Masary. Oh, that guy. Ed. The real one is behind them in that exact diner scene, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. There's got to be a real Ed. You know what? It's so funny. I think about Julia Roberts really being Aaron Brockovich, but then I didn't really think about Ed being a real... Like, I, don't, I didn't think about the other real people. He's like, they didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> wow. And Ed Masary looks just like Albert Finley. It's really? Like, it's uncanny a little uh, bit. I got to go back and look for that, because yeah. I love it. Well, so Aaron Brockovich is a 2000 biographical legal drama directed by Steven Soderbergh and starring Julia Roberts. Um, did you see this movie when it came out? I did not. I don't even think I was aware of it like that year. I think I heard about it later, but I didn't really. Honestly, I didn't know much about this movie until like this year. I just had heard of it. I'm like, oh, I know she's like a lawyer or something. It was just very vague knowledge, you know? Same. It's like, oh, and I know that she won an Oscar, so it must have been a big deal. But yeah, I didn't really understand why. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, see, like, at the time, we were too young to, like, we couldn't go to the movies and watch Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> um, but I remember my mom, she didn't have, like, any rated R DVDs or, like, videos in the house. Except Aaron Brockovich. Oh, wow. And I remember pulling out the DVD all the time and just, like, staring at, like, Julia Roberts with the baby on her head. Uh-huh. And, like, thinking to myself, like, I really want to watch this movie. But would she be like, nope, it's rated R, Nikki, you can't. I never even asked. I just, you just stared I at just it? I just assumed. Well, no, because I, I looked at the back. I was like, you know what, one day when I'm, <laughs> you know, older, I'll watch this movie. What? You didn't just say, like, oh, mom's not home. I'm just going to, like, put it in the DVD player. Give nah. a spin. No? Nah. Wow. It was too good. Actually, though, this is around the same time I was, like, you know, going with my aunt, like, sneaking to see, like, PG-13 movies. Oh. So I was, like, a rated R movie. Pushing <laughs> my luck. Nah, I'll just, I'll just wait. Yeah. So. So I was, like, a whole six years old at the time, so. This is before second grade, then. This is, this is before... I feel like when we, we got the most mischievous, like, I feel like one year later, that could have happened. Well, no, I feel like if I was with you, yeah, like, <laughs> being mischievous, of course then we would watch it. Only like, with someone, Aaron, Aaron B on, yeah. That's hilarious. You know what? Probably the same. You Like, I know what you're saying. We just bring out that side, I guess, of each other. For sure. I also was, like, I'm preoccupied. I think NSYNC and Britney Spears were really, like, still big. Yeah. Like, kind of at their peak in the year 2000, so. Just rewatching the, um, the behind the scenes, like, how it was made, right? The music videos. Oh, oh, yeah, like a timeout with Britney Spears. Timeout, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, like, March 2000 was when, like, it was around the same time Oops came out. Mm. So I was a little preoccupied, Brie. Yeah. 
I was like installing the beaded curtain for my door. Like all, oops, I did it again. Did you really have a beaded curtain? I did. I love that. I always wanted one. I also do like you were talking about. I do remember. Um. Also, sorry if I have like phlegm right now. Like if I'm like. It's okay. I feel like my voice is struggling today, so like <laughs> I might sound weird too. But uh, Julia Roberts, I feel like. To a lesser degree, but like the same enthusiasm. Remember when uh, the the all my children lady got the Emmy finally? Oh, and it was like a big fucking deal. What's mm-hmm. her name? She's cute. She's tiny. She's Susan Lucci. Like remember when she won the Emmy and it was like, thank God, finally she got what she deserved. Oh yeah, you know what? I remember her. Like I feel like on the same level like julia roberts getting the oscar was like america's sweetheart finally she got the role like like the role gave her this layup and she just kobe'd that yeah that role right to an oscar (laughs) she did i mean i don't know I, i don't i can't imagine anyone else but julia roberts playing this character like she just does it so well i agree she has this, like, determination that she... You know what I mean? Like, this... I don't know. I feel like there's, like, certain core elements to a Julie Roberts character. They have to have sass. They have to have a strong motivation. And... I don't know. Like an independent... Like a, Yeah, like a streak of very independence. Yeah. What do we think about Julie Roberts' Oscar night? Just the dress, the speech... This isn't in our notes. But she has, like, she's dark-haired Roberts. She's laughing all over the place. She has that dress. Uh, the black and white dress. She looks like a goddess. It's just, like, her, like, Grace Kelly, Audrey Hepburn moment. Ooh, I love the back of her dress and how her hair's in this weird, crazy bun thing. I love it. Oh my god, and it goes to the... Yeah, she looks gorgeous. Thank you, thank you ever so much. I'm, uh... I'm so happy. Thank you. I... I, uh... I have a television, so I'm going to spend some time here to tell you some things. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 sir... Hey, Danny DeVito. (laughs) And, uh, Rhea Perlman. We love a self-aware queen. Um, Steven Soderbergh. Hi. There you are. Um, you truly just made me want to be the best actor that I, I suppose I never knew I could be uh, or aspire to. Um, and I made every attempt. Stick man, I see you. Um, so I thank you for really making me feel so... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, did someone tickle her feet right there? What is going on? I'll start working for him again in two days so I can get to you later, but Benjamin Brett, my sister Lisa, my brother-in-law Tony, Elaine Goldsmith Thomas, who's been my agent since God was a boy, Jeff Berg, my mom, and just Francis and Marcus and Mike and everybody who's watching at home, Kelly, Emma, everybody, I love the world, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. You know... <laughs> 
I totally didn't think that she would pull a Gwyneth Paltrow winning her first Oscar. I was like, oh, she's going to do that thing, you know, that speech and cry and be like, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mom. And then, you know, like that. Yeah. And then she didn't. And then she did. Yeah. Well, she totally like, she just has a charm when you just let her go. Yeah. Also, she doesn't need to be tickled on the foot by Gary Marshall to like laugh like a maniac are we sure that he just wasn't like off you know like we could only see her from like the chest up maybe like on stage he just did a quick maybe he had like a little like an extension little thing he was just like woo she's like ha I had one of those little like alligators or dinosaurs that mm-hmm. are like have the clamp downs on a stick exactly it's just like I'm gonna get your toes and she's like <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of left field I know oh. well so yeah Julia Roberts won the Best Actress Oscar this year for for this film, and the film was a box office success, and it was positively reviewed by critics and got a pretty good response. Mm-hmm. So. Well, should. It's well-deserved. Yes. And it's actually funny because Steven Soderbergh, so he loses the Best Director Oscar for this movie. <laughs> To himself, because he also directed, or, yeah, directed Traffic this year. Oh, wow. That's funny. The movie. Not, like, at the Oscars. <laughs> not, like, just there in, like, a uniform, be like, whoop, stop, all right, you can go. <laughs> yeah. Blow on the whistle. He's not, like, the best director on Hollywood Boulevard Oscar night, you know? <laughs> oh. But, yeah, well, before we get into Aaron Brockovich, I'm going to take a trip to the year 2000. Duh. Always. I feel like we're always talking about the 2000s, but never the year 2000. You're right. Let's take a trip to the year 2000. So, you know, I'm trying to remember what what I was doing. Being a kid. Yeah. What a good time. (laughs) No, right? No cares. Like peak Britney. Like this is Oops, I Did It Again era Britney or like No Strings Attached. By NSYNC came we, out. We survived the end of the world, like mm-hmm. the millennium happening. Yeah, we're like in the new millennium. Yeah. And uh, and we were kids, so like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What were we doing at eh, kid stuff? You know, kid stuff. But, but yeah, Mission Impossible 2 was the highest grossing film of the year. Which, have you ever seen Mission Impossible 2? I'm not sure. I've seen one of them. But how many? Aren't there like four or five or six? At least six, I think. I think I've seen, I've seen like one of them. I've seen like the new ones. Yeah, I've seen like a newer one. So I, I don't think I've seen the second one. I haven't, but I've seen clips. And this is like arguably like the worst one. Mm. But because of that, I'm kind of interested. You might have to watch it. I know. Like I've never seen Die Another Day, but I've seen that like pierce brosnan surfing with bad cgi scene and that sells me like i want to watch it oh my god that sounds hilarious (laughs) but yeah so like we were talking about the 2001 academy awards which honors the year 2000 in film was like julia roberts night it's also the night uh gladiator one i remember gladiator being like a big deal to some people yes i had a friend and like her mom was obsessed with that movie and she was also kind of by proxy obsessed i guess and i was like huh 
I do remember people being obsessed with Gladiator, and I didn't really understand it. Yeah, I still like, don't. So what? So we, they got, like, the Roman look? I mean, like, what do you want? Like, so I know it's Russell Crowe. So what? I gotta I gotta speak on something. I do not find Russell Crowe attractive. No. I find him annoying and just okay. And, like, necessary for certain things, like comedic effects. But, like, I just don't think... He just doesn't do it for me. But some people think he's really hot. He is not really hot he's not, not young russell crowe not old russell yes, crowe that's what i'm saying neither one i've never been like ooh, yes i was just like huh that's weird he has i don't know i just can't it's hard to look at him for me see honestly like i've never seen gladiator so i can't speak to his performance he did a great performance in a beautiful mind he also did a great performance in um the most recent thor movie <laughs> A Zeus. <laughs> so it's like where it started, where it's going. I don't know. Oh, uh, like, you know, Javert and the Les Mis. Oh, actually, I liked it. He was good in that. Really? I thought I he cannot sing. No, but he was. I don't know. I thought he played it well. Yeah, I haven't seen enough Russell Crowe films to be like either here nor there. I mean, people love him. I think overrated. But... I just don't. I'm not in love with him. I just ha- I don't know. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was the year of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Traffic, and Gladiator, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which was a massive boss o- box office success. Um, it's a good and, movie. And it beat out The Cell and Shadow of the Vampire for Best Makeup at the Oscars. Honestly, the Grinch makeup is impressive. And the costume, I don't know how, I wonder how many hours it took, you know? I know. I mean, like, it's impressive. Jim Carrey does look really gross, mm-hmm. but it's impressive because you know he's like naked, right? So I've heard. I mean, I don't like to think about it too much. I mean, I don't know. I, I think everyone should think about that next time it's the holidays and they watch how the Grinch stole Christmas on Freeform. Yeah, you know, just think of him being naked under all that fur. Yes, oh. having what I like to refer to as the Grinch bod, which is like when you're skinny fat. Oh yeah, true. Been there. Um, but enough about me. Uh, the Aaron Brockovich opened number one at the box office, and so the lineup this week. So it came out. It's the weekend of March seventeenth, two thousand. So number one is Aaron Brockovich. Number two is Mission to Mars. Number three is your favorite Final Destination. Woo. Uh, four is My Dog Skip, and then. Rounding out the top five is The Ninth Gate. No clue what that is. I think I've seen the movie poster. That's about it. Okay. Actually, no. I've never seen this. I've never heard of this. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I... There's, there's a lot that I have not heard of in this uh, lineup. You know, I don't think... Like, even in the top 15... Okay, literally in the top 15... Excuse me. I don't know where I was this weekend, but I have not, and I did not see then any of the movies. I mean, like, I not finally... even the Tigger movie. No, I wouldn't have seen that. But You're too old. I was like, this is for babies. Yeah, it's like a literal baby. <laughs> um, that sounds like you. <laughs> I do remember the Tigger movie. Do you remember the trailer for it? Has a uh, semi-charmed life by Third Eye Blind. Does it like, really? Do do do. Do, 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 where they're talking about like doing crack and stuff 
yeah. Nice. That's perfect for a kid's movie. I know. Um, Snow Day was number nine. Scream 3 is down there. On the, oh, number, number 20. 20. Sorry. <laughs> I, I had to scroll down because I'm like, where are the movies? There's Stuart Little's 24. I mean, there's not. Some like 1999 hangovers. Like you get like the American Beauty mm-hmm. Cider House Rules. Because this is crazy that Aaron Brockovich is such an Oscar contender. Because it's early in the season. This is when the 2000 Academy Awards, like, this is, like, the week, like, one of the weeks coming up or, like, pre or post the ones that are are honoring, like, 1999 Mm -hmm. pictures. So we have, like, the American Beauties and the Cider House Rules and, you know, Sixth Sense in the top 20. It's wild. I feel like that's a rarity. I feel like just coming to mind, like Get Out came out in like February and that was nominated for an Oscar, but it's like really rare. Mm-hmm. It is. I wonder why. Like I, I get that it's like a thing, but it's just, it's an interesting thing to note when movies do like make it past that like threshold. Yeah. I have a feeling it's like a Miramax, like Weinstein thing mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, like award season, like the push oh. for like the holiday, like the the latter half of the year, right before the Oscars, that like push all the Miramax films come out. They're like, mm, we got this. We're gonna overshadow all the other films that were out previously and heavily campaign, so you just completely forget about whatever happened before October. Yeah, makes sense. You know, that sounds plausible. Thank you, Harvey. Um. I can read us some of the reviews. Yeah, what did people have to say about Aaron Brockovich? Aaron Brockovich. The reviews are pretty positive. Um, In his review for the New York Observer, Andrew Saris wrote, We get the best of independent cinema and the best of mainstream cinema all in one package. Aaron Brockovich, like Wonder Boys right before it, makes the year 2000 seem increasingly promising for movies. And Newsweek's magazine, David Anson, began his review with, Julia Roberts is flat-out terrific in Aaron Brockovich. Furthermore, he wrote, Roberts has wasted her effervescence on many paltry projects, but she hits the jackpot this time. Aaron, single mother of three, former Miss Wichita, who improbably rallies the community to take on a multi-billion dollar corporation, is the richest role of her career, simultaneously showing off her comic, dramatic, and romantic chops. Rolling Stone magazine's Peter Travers wrote, Roberts shows the emotional toll on Erin as she tries to stay responsible to her children and to a job that has provided her with a first taste of self-esteem. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Nick, do you want to read them, Ebert? Oh, yeah. Yo Sorry, man. I'm just, like, nodding. I'm like, mm-hmm, yes. Okay, so Roger Ebert gave the film two stars. Um, he says there's obviously a story here, but Aaron Brockovich doesn't make it compelling. The film lacks focus and energy. The character development is facile? Facile? Facile. I know. I'm like, from Facile? <laughs> and thin. Um, yeah. You know. Do you agree with him? No, but. But you know what? I can understand. I can understand people's arguments for this movie. Yeah. Like, not liking it. I don't know. But I I really <sighs> liked it. I Yeah, I can't understand. <laughs> well, like, 
Um, A.O. Scott for the New York Times wrote, after proving for about 40 minutes what a marvelous actress she can be, Miss Roberts spends the next 90 content to be a movie star. As the movie drags on, her performance swells to bursting, swells to bursting with moral vanity and phony populism. Uh, maybe a little. Yeah. It, you know, I just want to say something yeah. too. I didn't realize this movie is like, it's like over two hours. It's like, um. Time flies. Time does fly. It doesn't feel that long. Cause I was a little, t- not like, t- but you know what I mean? You're like, oh, you got to buckle down. It's not like a 90 minute movie. Yeah. The perfect time. As we've discussed. Truly. I would say though, it's like, I think, I don't want to say it's sexist. However, I this is so much of the writing's fault mm. and the direction in some way, but I think because we regard Steven Soderbergh to like the highest of high esteems mm. and Julia Roberts were known for like making a lot of money as like a popcorn flick type of girl. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's just hard to also like you're really asking this is Julia Roberts. She is a movie star with a capital M. Mm-hmm. She's not going to come in like Annette Benning mm-hmm. or like Laura Dern is not playing Aaron Brockovich. Even though Laura Dern. That should be a good one. Would have been a great Aaron Brockovich. But like she's, she's Julia Roberts is inherently larger than life. Mm hmm. And that's her charm. That's why she was cast in this. Like, yeah. this is kind of what makes the movie. Yeah. Why are they complaining about it? It's kind of it, like the first review. It is the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, it does feel a lot smaller, like a traditional, like, awards contender movie. Mm-hmm. But Julia Roberts does make it, like, for everyone, like, to go see and enjoy, and time will fly, and, like, it won't feel like two hours. Yeah. You get, like, Laura Linney in there, no offense, but it's gonna be probably better, technically, mm-hmm. but, like, it's gonna drag a little bit. Yeah. No shade to Laura Linney. But you know what? I, I, am I making I'll sense? I'll no shade. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense to me. Yeah. But now, okay. You know what? Roger Ebert, I know he's not alive. Yeah. Roger Ebert now... Would probably be writing reviews like, where are the movie stars? Where have they gone? Longer mm-hmm. the days of Julia Roberts doing a awards turn, like a star-studded like turn, proving she's a real actress in Aaron Brockovich. Honestly, I could totally see that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I don't know. I thought the movie was really good, though. And she did a really great job. Better her out than in, I always say. Shrek moment. Shrek break. <laughs> Shrek break. Hang out. Okay, we just place while we like belch. While we have our Shrek break. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Wearing our Shrek slut shirts, which we have. I know. I'm so excited. I had to wear mine. Just, I love it. I want to so much wear it to work, but I'm so like, I don't want to like get in trouble. Yeah, you can wear it outside of work, though. Yeah, like as soon as I walk out, throw it on over my shirt <laughs> that yes. I'm already wearing. Uh, well, do you want me to read this last review? Um, yeah. All right, so Time Magazine's Richard Col- Col- 
Oh, sorry. Richard Corliss found the film to be slick, grating, and false. We bet it makes a bundle. But, you know, I'm sure it did. But I just, I don't know. What is so grating about it? What is, I mean, I'm sure, too, it being based on a real story, probably not every single thing's accurate, but what do you want? I don't know. I mean, a lot of it is accurate, though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of it is. Um, I just watched a Miss Nojo video today. Mm. And... You know, a lot of it is accurate, so take that. And there's that whole, like, documentary, too, I guess, if you really want to watch the the one with the real Aaron Brockovich as well. It's I know it's on Tubi TV. I don't know where else it is. Shout out to Tubi. Yeah, for real. Thanks for letting us watch Aaron Brockovich for free. That was great. <laughs> Sponsor us. I know, really. That was, that was enjoyable. There was only a couple ads. Actually, yeah, it wasn't bad as far as ads go. And it played right away, like no time. Yeah, there weren't like any big ads. Oh, I, I'm just so annoyed with. Anyway, <laughs> rant over. We love you, Tubi. We love you. Um, so the story, um, of Erin Brockovich, she is a woman in a tight spot. Following a car accident in which Erin is not at fault, Erin pleads with her attorney Ed Masry to hire her at his law firm. Um, Erin stumbles upon some medical records placed in real estate files. She convinces Ed to allow her to investigate, where she discovers a cover-up involving a contaminated water... Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Where she discovers a cover-up involving contaminated water in a local community, which is causing devastation... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't read. <sighs> which is causing devastating illnesses among its residents. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna like cut that and sound like I'm like laughing at all the illnesses. Just like um, Julia Roberts in her Oscar speech, you're just gonna be like, <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at myself because I can't get my words out, and I'm it's not funny. I just get nervous laughter when I read things, you know. Yeah, I get it. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe she just had nervous laughter because she was like shaking up there. She'd be like, I've never really seen her nervous, you know. I liked it. That's pretty cool. Uh, but what did we think about Erin Brockovich? Played by oh. Julia Roberts, not her in real life. Love her. The best. I love, like, she had so many quotes. Like, I took down, like, a lot of things she said because she just was, like, she had so many retorts. Like, if you said something the wrong way to her, she was going to clap back. Like, she's not holding back anything. You know, she's a mom. She's, like, a single mom. Who works too hard, who loves her kids, it doesn't stop. She is Reba. Yeah. I think it's like one of those things though, it's like that like freedom you have when you have like nothing like you've lost it all, so you have like nothing left to lose. Yeah. It's like she's in the beginning of this film, she's in dire straits. Right. She's like rock bottom. Seventy four dollars in her like bank account. Yeah. She's like a baby. She has three kids. Mm-hmm. Not two kids. Does it two? I don't know. Just three. I forgot about the baby. Eh, it's easy. <laughs> or that, like, the oldest kids kind of, like... I forgot, yeah. You know. Well, but that's what happens. <laughs> Straight up. What about Ed Masry? He was great. Like, he's... You know, I mean, I've seen Albert Finney in some other movies. I've se- I remember seeing him in Big Fish and something else. And he just... You know, he's a cool guy. I really like him as an actor. Like, yeah. R.I.P. I think he's got some comedic... Something about him is just funny. I mean, like, hot take? Mm-hmm. 
him and Julia Roberts have better chemistry than her and Aaron Eckhart. You know, really, I agree. They, I was thinking they have a really great chemistry. I think you know what it is for me. Like his expressions are hilarious. Like when he reacts to things, like he does, like like his eyes are bulging out. Like he just is really funny. Like with he his is. reactions to like this, everything that she's doing, or just you know what I mean. I love it. No, they just have like this very like palpable chemistry. Like, yeah, you can feel like the little not like romantic sparks. No, but just but... like just sparks. Like sparks. something about them together mm-hmm. just works i get it yeah well what about george played by aaron eckhart which is the biker boyfriend of aaron <laughs> okay i had trouble not making this connection because we just watched freaky friday i think he's the cute boy i think he's um what's his name um chad michael chad, murray he's chad michael murray's like character grown up because he's got the motorcycle and he's a real decent guy and his hair is a lot longer. He never cut it. That's my theory. <laughs> I just <laughs> never like, shaved. I have never seen Aaron Eckhart other than like being in like just like the clean shaven short hair. Yeah. Like that wig and like that can't be real facial. Something just like took me out of it. I was like, why does Aaron Eckhart look so goofy? <laughs> You know, he looks way different with... I, I get what you're saying, because I actually... Yeah. I recognize him without all the facial hair and stuff. But, yeah, I don't recognize him. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I just felt like the... Like, his wardrobe in this was, like, very weird. It's very also stereotypical, like, biker man. Like, it's like, he's got, like, the wife beater. He's got, like, a band on his arm or something. He's got the bandana. He's... I don't know. Like, Aaron Eckhart looks like they were, like, filming Joe Dirt next door to Aaron, <laughs> like, the Aaron Brockovich set. Uh-huh. And he just, like, waltzed over. They're like, oh, you'll be perfect for this. Yeah. Yeah. are like, it's either, it's, like, Joe Dirt mixed with, like, Kid Rock. Yeah. Which I think is in, he's in Joe Dirt, but I digress. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. <laughs> I need to rewatch Joe Dirt. That was one of my faves back in the day. <laughs> the list. <laughs> oh, the inspiration for my mullet years. I don't know. I liked him, though. I was like, wow. He's, uh, you know, you shouldn't judge a book by his cover. I mean, he does, and we're, we'll get into it, but he does give her an ultimatum. But she should never do in a relation. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that part wasn't cool. Well, anyway. Is she still with George Aaron Brockovich in real life? Is she? her George? Hold on. I don't know. He's not on the list at all of her. She had three husbands and he did not make it. She was with someone named Eric Ellis from 98 to 2012. So I think he that must have been before. Well, no. Is there any like, because this movie or like in real life, this happened in like 93. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, okay. So from, so she was married. You know how like in the movie, she's like, yeah, I had two Husbands, that's true. So she had someone named Sean Brown from 82 to 87, and then Stephen Brockovich from 89 to 90. So between 90 and 98 is a quite, is, I don't know, George is in there somewhere, but that was it. And then I guess in 98, she met Eric or got, you know, married. Are they still together? They divorced in 2012. Uh, it's so. been 10 years. Huh. Did she ever remarry? No. That's where she's at. She's living a single life. 
Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Her kids are probably like all flown the coop too. Yeah. <laughs> Go on with the bad self, Aaron. Aaron Brockovich. Aaron B. Um. Anyway, so what about Donna Jensen, played by is it Marge Hel- Helgenberger? Yeah, I mean, I liked her performance. I thought she was good. It's a good performance. Um, she's not much of a character. I don't know. I liked her. Nah, I agree. But this movie is really like to get into the meat and potatoes of these characters. You can only do it with like Aaron Brockovich. You can do it with Ed Masary and then the boyfriend. I think mm-hmm. like everyone else is very like they're just acquaintances in Aaron's life. Yeah, you so. know, I thought the kids are pretty good, especially the the little boy. Mm-hmm. I really liked the kids. Yeah, they did a good job. I wonder if any of them continue to act. Wonder. <laughs> I mean, I know there's like a. I just want to wonder. I know. <laughs> well, do you want to discuss the film? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's go. So. In 1993, Aaron Brockovich is an unemployed single mother of three children who's recently been injured in a traffic accident with a doctor and is suing him. Her lawyer, Ed Masley, expects to win, but Aaron's confrontational courtroom behavior under cross-examination loses her the case, and Ed will not return her phone calls afterwards. One day, he arrives to work and finds her in the office, apparently working. She says that he told her things would work out and they did not, and that she needed a job. And she asks him for a job, which he reluctantly gives her. Which love the moxie. I love that too. Like she just like I, I love the fact that she she tries to call this man after things. Well, first of all, she just couldn't keep her mouth shut in the courtroom, which I loved. And then she just like goes there, somehow gets a job, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not returning that lady's calls." And then he turns around, and there she is, that lady. And he's like, "What is she doing here?" I love it working. Um, which do we think? Okay, did she actually get injured? I think so. Okay, like, she wasn't, like, making it up. I don't think so. Because that's what they insinuate in court. No, I'm pretty sure, because she had, like, I watched the, like, okay, she, because I had to rewatch this scene, because I thought that, too. I'm like, what's going on? And you know how people put neck braces on? We've seen Judge Judy. We've seen tons of things, like, you know. Some Judge Joe Brown. Exactly. Um, We know how it goes, but. And we've actually, you and I have been in a car accident. Not quite mm-hmm. that bad, but still, like... We also didn't have to go to court like that because it was a dude's fault completely. Yeah, there was no... Which, I don't... Yeah. I'm like, how is there... Maybe they didn't have, like, cameras like we do now on the streets and things. Like, you know what I mean? Or there were no... Because, like, she's going through the red light. She's... Or not the red light. The green light. And she's turning a left. And then this guy comes out of nowhere. He's like... Phew! And he... So he must have dr- driven through a red light. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, someone in the town, like, respected in the town. He's also, a doctor. Like in our situation, not to make this all about us. <laughs> it's all about but us. But it's Leo season, <laughs> so naturally. Um, but, yeah, like, in our case, the dude admitted it straight up. Which, yeah. like, sealed the deal for us in our favor. Yeah. This dude denied, you know. Like, I think so- he also, like, rant and probably, like, a hit and run sort of mm-hmm. or something. I don't know how. You know, they don't really get into all that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I just wondered because, I don't know, that's what they insinuate in the courtroom is that she's, like, making it up. So, I was curious what you thought. Yeah. I No, I think she actually was injured. And then they just, like, the the lawyer for the, um, the, uh, 
Oh gosh, what is it? Like it's the opposite of a plaintiff. What is it? The uh defendant? The defendant, right? Isn't it the defendant is the guy who did it, right? Because the plaintiff is the one complaining? Yes. yes, yes <laughs> I don't know, that's how I I think. I've seen enough Judge Judy, I know. <laughs> yes. Um Yeah, they just tried to get her because she had been like divorced or something. Like, oh, she just wants money. Yeah. And it's like, no. I don't know. It was it was really fucked up. Like I would go off too, because basically they're like she just needs the money, like you said, because she's divorced. She has three kids. This is like a ploy. Yeah, there's a whole jury too. I'm like, is this really how like personal injury things go? Because like I don't know. I worked at a personal injury office, and so I'm like, oh, I wonder how similar this is. Like that was my thought going into it too. I'm like, huh. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah. So like afterwards. Aaron's given files for a real estate case where the PG&E is offering to purchase the home of Donna Jensen, a resident of Hinkley, California. And Aaron is surprised to see medical records in a real estate file and visits Donna, who explains that she has simply kept all her PG&E correspondence together. Donna appreciates PG&E's help, and she has several tumors, and her husband has Hodgkin's lymphoma. But PG&E has always provided a doctor at their own expense. Aaron asks why they would do that, and Donna replies because of the chromium. So, Aaron starts digging into the case and finds evidence that the groundwater in Hinkley is seriously contaminated with carcinogenic hexavalent chromium. While PG&E has been telling Hinkley residents that they use a safer form of chromium. Mm-mm. So, after several days away from the office investigating, she finds her possessions missing from her desk, and she's then informed by Brenda, Mr. Masri's secretary, that she's been fired for missing a week of work. Despite protesting that she's been out conducting research, Erin nevertheless leaves defeated. Which, dude, mm. this scene where she's like, what does she say? She doesn't say, like, shut up, you fat bitch, but basically. Yeah, no, she basically does, like, yeah. Because it's like the two and a half men lady. It is. That's what I, I was like. Maid. Oh, my God. Two and a half men lady. But yeah, like base. This was like the craziest. I think this is later, like right, like a scene after this. But like, it's crazy that it takes like Aaron Brockovich mm-hmm. to deeply investigate like yeah. Donna Jensen and like all the people of Hinkley are just like accepting yeah just sorry their word for it i the the scene that really got me though was when um aaron brockovich is talking to donna Mm -hmm. and telling her what's going on or like what she found and the look on donna's face and how she's looking at her kids playing in the pool outside and she's like get out of the pool get out of the pool yeah no that gets me i'm like oh you can just it's like palpable like the fear and like the worry Mm -hmm. and just like I don't know. Shout out to Marge Helsenberger. Yeah. No, she killed it. She was she was great. <sighs> but yeah. Um but this is also the first time Erin deep like when she's investigating, she's like she gets into the files by showing showing her goodies. She like leans boobs. over. <laughs> oh yeah. What what Brie? <laughs> They're called boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she, you know, there's like a young dude and this is the first time where she's like, like positions herself, shows off the goods. Yeah. 
Which I mean, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do for research, you know? A hundred percent. I'd do that. I mean, if that's what gets you the files, hey. Oh yeah, I've flirted with a bunch of people to get what I want, so whatever. There you go. <laughs> um Yeah, so it, it does really suck that she's like they fired her. You know, you know what's funny though? She doesn't tell anyone she's leaving. She just goes off and investigates. <laughs> that's another thing where it's like, wait a second girl like she just doesn't show up to work yeah it kind of makes sense you know why they'd be like wait this girl just started and she hasn't shown up in a week gosh we guess we couldn't trust her but she she was working hard like um and then later ed visits aaron because he needs the documents that she found while investigating and she takes the chance to request her job back in return um, and when she's rehired, she continues her research and over time visits many Hinkley residents and gains their trust. Ed and Aaron hold a barbecue in order to speak to many of the residents and explain to them what PNG, PG and E has been trying to get away with, at which point Aaron is awkwardly flirted with by one of the men. This part made me a little uncomfortable and it was like such a small moment. But then when we see this guy later, he's just always lurking and smiling. And I'm like, what is this guy's deal? Oh my God. Cause we're led to believe she is a full on creeper. Yeah, on, on the hand, on like the on the loose. Yeah. Well, she was like, I don't know about this guy, <laughs> but we like later we find out some things. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. So, Aaron and Ed find numerous medical problems in Hinkley, and that virtually everyone has been treated by PG and E's doctors, who have led them to believe that their issues are unrelated to the safe chromium. And the Jensen's claim for compensation ultimately becomes a major class action lawsuit, which I think it was Aaron's idea to do that, the, to like go for it like that instead of doing just like a, in real life individual. I don't know. I don't, just in the movie. I'm, I don't know. But remember, she's like kind of pressuring Ed. She's like, I think this is like a bigger thing. Yeah. We should do this. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just a one man in a oh, small yes. office, and I don't, you know, these cases. Like, let's just give it to someone else. And she's like, No, we got to do this. Like. I don't know. Like, the whole time she has, like, a fire in her eyes. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, all this is going on, and then she has, like, the family stuff mm-hmm. to deal with. Um, I don't know how she does it. And that motorcycle man just be, like, watching her kids. Oh, yeah. So how that comes to be, it's, like, the nanny just, like, doesn't show up one day. Yeah. And her biker neighbor, <laughs> who, like, Aaron Brockovich is only interaction with him before this was that he was revving up his harley so loud and she was like cut it out buster yeah i love that because he was like i'm just introducing myself and she's like we're introduced yeah she's like not having it but yeah like one day aaron comes home you know from doing important stuff and she's like where's the maid and it's just the biker dude just like watching her kids mm-hmm. being like i'll watch them i love kids she's like i don't know i don't know you man <laughs> it's fair enough yeah but he's grilling hot dogs the yeah. kids like them and then they have like a romance kind of going on too yeah so what do we think about this i really the romance yeah i have thoughts but i want to hear yours first i mean it's kind of cute but it's kind of it's a little forced. It's a little too, like, sometimes in movies, it's hard to suspend the disbelief sometimes when, like, the timeline is just so quick. You know what I mean? Like, in a matter of a couple days, like, I got you know what? This movie, looking back, like, knowing what I know now, it's like, 
I'm confused by how much time has passed because it, 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 it plays out like it's happens like in a week or something, maybe. But this, like there's one scene, you know, like down the road when she they get like partnered with these other lawyers. And she's like, this is 18 months of research. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like some gaps in like the, you know, there is no like two weeks later, which maybe would take you out of it a little. I don't yeah. know. But it's just like it's hard to be like to grasp how quickly or how long they've been dating or like you know like where's you know what i'm trying to say i know it's a movie so they don't have so much time so they got to put it in there but well i agree it does seem a little forced it's also like one of those things where it's like like we were talking about julia roberts and albert finney have such chemistry Mm -hmm. but like this is like a forced romantic subplot in a little a lot of ways yeah because like, I think it's, I kind of think it's only to be like, oh, she's a single mom who's watching her kids. And also to satisfy, like, the audience wanting a romance. Yeah, maybe it's that. I'm like, is there even a George, like, in Aaron's life, like, for real? Or is this just something they wrote in there to give it something? Because, like, I could totally see, like, babysitters just being terrible and, like, having to do something. Or, like, you know, when she just brings her kids everywhere. Like, I wonder if that was more reality or if she really had a romance with a man on a bike i'm curious like if she really did then maybe if not i don't know take it or leave it like that's not really no i'm sorry no go ahead i was gonna say this guy's like a little too perfect too he's like saying to her like she's great like he's saying all these things without even knowing her that it's suspicious you know what i mean you know when someone's like oh you're a real special lady i don't know it's like wait but you don't even know me well then for him to be like we're farther along in the plot right now to be like Eventually, this George dude is like, I have needs. You spend all your time at work and I just watch your kids, which is what I agreed to. Yeah. But now that we're in a romance, <laughs> I want something more. Which, what is he going to do? He, I mean, he just ride. You know what I mean? Like, what does he want? Doesn't he know that Aaron B is like <laughs> saving the town of Hinkley? Duh. We need an Aaron Brockovich to fix Flint. Right. That's what I've been thinking. I'm like, dang, how could Flint happen? Like, where is Aaron B? Like, I wonder if she has anything to say about it. I know. I wonder what she even does now. Um, I've seen her, but I, she's, I think she's like a public speaker. Like, I think she like is now one of those ladies that you just, you know. She goes to conferences. She says things and tells her story yeah maybe has like a foundation of sorts that's for water crises i don't know no like get her on flint like she have they done anything there has anything been fixed i don't know we don't talk about it anymore no but but we should but where are we oh um so Knowing that P&G could slow any settlement for years through delays and appeals, Ed decides to pursue binding arbitration rather than a trial by jury. But PG&E will only agree to arbitration if 90% of the plaintiffs agree. So basically, right, isn't that? Yeah. So they were going to do like a whole like trial by jury thing, but because that could take a long time, Ed was like, hey, we should probably like... Just try to get everyone on board and agree that this is what we want to do. That way we don't have to go to trial. You know, just get it. The judge will decide, which could be risky because it's all up to one person. But, like, if he's a decent judge. Yeah. He'll- which is smart. But Aaron's like, no, the show, the spectacle. <laughs> we got to give these people justice and they got to see it. Yeah. And hear it. 
and taste it. Taste it. Give him a taste of that justice. Yes. Then I just hear, um, I don't know, like the, the Judge Judy soundtrack. I don't what know. What is that? I'm just thinking Law and Order. I know. Law and Order popped in my head, too. That is the sound of justice, though. It is. But yeah, during a town hall meeting with the Hinkley residents, Ed goes over the plan with everyone, feeling unsure. At one point, Aaron spots the man who flirted with her at the barbecue. And she brushes off the man's looks as Ed struggles to explain the virtue of arbitration versus a 10 to 15 year battle in court. Eventually, everyone in attendance agrees. And over the next several days, Ed and Aaron persuade all 634 plaintiffs to go along. Every single one. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. I, I guess that's true. Mm. But like, I don't know. But I like how this movie is not like it could feel like an episode of law and order a little too much where like you know if this was like not based on a true story as well or not grounded like this story does seem a little like more grounded which is maybe the steven soderbergh effect Mm -hmm. too like i feel like in like lesser hands it can it could have just been like for like the the like the show of it all like every plaintiff but one and you needed all of them and like you have to go to the air and has to go to the house like that could have been like do you know what i mean yeah like like that but i'm glad that they kind of were just like yeah we go like we're established like establishing that this is like an injustice in this film and like this is not yeah like that's not the point of this film which I like. I like that too. I mean, it, it's really cool just that everyone could agree, you know? Also, is this the part where she's like, br- where they like bring in her files to like the, remember like they had, they needed more, like a bigger firm to help with the yes. case. And so Ed is like. Yes. And then the new, like they bring in these new people. Yeah. Who are, they they act like they're better, you know, like they're more, you know. They've done like all these huge cases and they're like yeah. in this fancy, I don't know what city they're in, but they're like in like the top, the top floor and they have like a fancy oh. office. and. But like she's like basically Aaron, which is like real life too, like Aaron Brockovich is really good. Like she grew up with dyslexia. Oh. And she's just really good at remembering stuff. Like, she, like, that's, like, her superpower to combat that, you know? I love that. And so, like, this lady from the the new, like, highfalutin firm <laughs> is, like, you know, spewing off names of, like, you know, people in Hinkley. Yeah. And um, Aaron's just, like, yeah, that's so-and-so, and their number is this and this, and this is what's wrong with them. Like, this is their medical history. Mm-hmm. It's like a really cool moment. Right, because the lady was like, hey, like, there's holes in your research, like, and, you know, it's fine. You probably just didn't know what questions to ask. And she's like, don't talk to me like I'm stupid. Like, I'm not a lawyer, but I know these things. And she was like, well, there's phone numbers. Like, we need people's phone numbers. And she's like, what phone numbers do you need? And she's like, all right, like, we'll see. You don't, she's like, you don't know 600 people's phone numbers? And she's like, try me. She's like, bet, like, I don't know. That scene was so, like, yes. And then she said something like, um... Oh, man, what did she say? It was so funny. But, dude, this is such, like, effective storytelling. Yeah. Like, because, like, you could have, like, we were talking about before, like, everyone but one plaintiff or something, like, melodramatic or, like, typical Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is just a little way 
of being like, oh, Aaron's going to rise above, like whatever, you know, like she knows this backwards and forwards and she's going to get it done for these people. But it's like a little scene. Yeah. But I just feel it. I just love that she was like, like the lady after that, the lady was like, ooh, okay. She's like, well, I think we got off on the wrong foot. And then Aaron's like, well, that's all you got, lady. Two oh, yes. wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes. <laughs> so she like, she didn't care that the lady was like, okay, I can respect you now. She's like, mm-mm, you're still ugly. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. I want to use that. Uh, it's just so, I feel like like her lines are so iconic in this. Like, she's just like, has so many, like, sassy, like, I don't know, like, well put together retorts. That's like a slap to the face to the other person. It's just like, oof. She doesn't got. T- she doesn't have time for this. She does not have time. She's a survivor, Brie. I know. She's a single mom who works too hard. Right. Anyways. So yeah. So one night, Aaron stops at the bar to see one of the residents, and she unexpectedly bumps into the the Hinkley events dude, like the creeper dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like. Like, after she uncomfortably has a conversation, the man reveals himself to be Charles Embry, a former PG&E employee, who in his job was ordered to destroy documents. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron realizes Charles has been trying to confide in her, and finally hears the story. Charles tells Aaron he and his cousin were both employees with PG&E Hinkley. Mm-hmm. Um, heartbroken, he tells her his cousin had just died. Um, dying painfully from the poison he interacted with at PG&E. He goes on to explain that PG&E tasked him with destroying documents, but as it turns out, he wasn't a very good employee. Mm. I like that. I know he came through, because this was, like, one of those things where, like, how are you going to find the tie? There was, like, I guess there's, like, PG&E, like, locally, right? And then there's the bigger corporation, and they had to find a way to get the bigger, like, the whole corporation, because otherwise... I, I, they just have more money. It would just be more beneficial to all the people because it's a lot of people that you're trying to, like, get a settlement yeah. for or whatever. So, I mean, why take down PG&E Hinkley when you can take down PG&E? Exactly. So that was the connection, right? Like, that was, I don't know. She's, been, like, getting all the clues. It's great. No, and I love that, too, because, like, she's at the bar and, like, you really think, like, she's in danger. Yeah. Because, you know, it, earlier in the movie, she does get some phone calls where some threats are being made towards her and her family and stuff. Oh, yeah. And she basically is like, that's bull. But then she, like, sees the dude at the bar and she goes to the payphone to remember those. And she mm-hmm. calls up Ed Masry and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what do I do? Yeah. But he was like, hear, hear him out. But, like, you know, just let him tell a story. I don't know if she took a chance because he was like, I had my eyes on you. I know. Basically, Ed's just like, be calm. <laughs> Look at your exits. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Take a deep breath. But yeah, like, Embry ends up giving Aaron the documents, including a 1966 memo prov- like proving corporate headquarters knew the water was contaminated. Contaminated. Contam- I don't know why I can't tonight. Contaminated? Contaminated with hexavalent chromium and advises PG&E Hinkley to keep the secret. So the judge orders PG&E to pay a settlement amount of 
to be distributed amongst the plaintiffs, and five million of which go to the Jensen's. Um, Aaron brings her boyfriend with her when she tells him about it, and he is happy when he understands what it all was for. Okay, I gotta be honest. How hard is it for him to understand what it's all for, though, that he has to go? Like, I get the the gesture, and she's like, I want you to see this. Like, this is real. You know what I mean? Because when you, like, see people face to face, it just hits you different, and you're like, oh, I make an impact on someone's life. But That's like, true. but she's been telling him. Yeah. What does she think? He thinks she's just making it up and just working late just for the fun of it. Like, I mean, even her little son, eventually he was like mad because he's like, mom, you're never home. Like you weren't even at dinner. You were like reading. You weren't, you know, and then yeah. he's like. He reads a file about a girl that's, yeah. like, his age. And he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, is this one of the sick girls? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, where's her – like, why can't his, her mom help? And he, she's like, her mom's sick, too. And he's like, oh. And she's like, can I get you some eggs? Yeah. Like, some breakfast. He's, like, so understanding. It was really cute, like, because they had, like, a little moment there. It is really cute. Like, so the six-year-old gets it, yet the biker dude, because he maybe did just come off the set of Joe Dirt. He just yeah. walked in. I don't know. You know what? Don't be, like – I don't know. Don't ask to watch the kids all the time. If you're 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 kind of right in a way, it's like what, which I don't know. That's a weird. That's like a lot to to take on anyway. Like someone else's kid. You know what I'm saying? Like just being like, oh yeah, no problems. And also, it's like so interesting. Well, it's interesting to give this George dude a lot more like like talk time mm-hmm. because he's like not like, <laughs> not about him. It's not about him clearly yeah um but it is very interesting that he's like aaron brockovich like she like when she first meets george she's like i don't like like want to hook up with you so (laughs) there you go and he's like nope i just want to watch kids and help out wink yeah which it's always kind of like flirtatious yeah but not like overtly flirtatious. But it's like, yeah, I feel like it's that typical like male thing mm-hmm. of like, yeah, we'll just be friends. But then they like secretly like want more than that and then they get like pissed off. Oh, you think that's what it is? Well, like, why else? This dude had ulterior motives for watching her kids. Mm-hmm. It's kind of clear because. If he was just watching the kids out of the goodness of his heart mm-hmm. when they did have a relationship, why would his ultimatum be because you don't spend enough time with me? Mm-hmm. Like, if he truly, like, was doing it for the kids, yeah, he'd be like, well, Aaron seems pretty busy doing something work-related that's very important. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is also, like, one case. Like, when you think about it, like, I get, I get, like being a lawyer and stuff like taking cases home with you but it is like this is a case they're trying to like you know like settle like it's not like um i mean maybe not every single case is gonna be this way that comes across her desk or she's like just started at this place this is like a real happenstance you know what i'm trying to say well this is like her passion project she like kind of uncovered something yeah like it seems it's like a big deal so it's yeah yeah like homegirl's not a lawyer right yeah it's like this is not her entire life it's just like this this one case is because it's yeah she's like uncovering this whole shabacle and and it's fucked up because like her and george sorry i don't know why i became like a raging feminist all of a sudden but like her and george they're like bonding moment after they hook up for the first time she talks about being 
former Mrs. Wichita. Oh, yeah. The tiaras. They wear tiaras together. Yes. And she's like, I wanted to make something of myself. Yeah. And this is her This is her shot. Right? She's making a difference. Yeah. Because, I mean, world peace is, like, a really big... That's, like, too much to... You can't. No. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> In the aftermath, Ed hands Aaron her bonus payment for the case, but warns her that he has changed the amount. Um, He said something like, I don't think it was, like, a... Not fair, but, like, something like, whatever you suggested I didn't agree with or something... And she begins complaining loudly that she deserves more respect, but is astonished to find what he does pay her. So he's just messing with her at this point because he uh-huh. likes to see her riled up. Like he has, they have such like this, their dynamic is so interesting and funny, so good. And um, you know, at the end when she's like yelling at him as Ed's walking away, and she looks and sees it's like two million dollars, mm-hmm. and she's like, um, 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 thank you. And then he says something to her like, oh, like about apologizing because that's something she said to him in the first like couple of scenes yes like lawyers don't know how to apologize is what she said yeah which i love it and then you hear the the intro to every day is a winding road by cheryl crow it's a winding road oh my god and then you have like the um the scene like based every movie that's based on a true story or legally blonde because it has it in that movie too where it's like it shows like, what happened to them? So it talks about PG&E and, like, mm. what happened to Aaron Brockovich. All to every day is a winding road. I and love then that. It's, like, Julia Roberts with some tiny sunglasses mm-hmm. driving her car, which Ed gives her a car. Which oh, makes- yeah. Like, a nice new car. A red car. That's awesome. So good. Ed was looking out. He was cool. I liked Ed a lot. He was, like, a father figure. Yeah. So final thoughts. I mean, this movie, it was great. Like it was, it didn't feel dull at all. It was like moving, you know, it was, um, I don't know. Julie Roberts is so good. And like just her and Ed, like that chemistry, like they carried the whole movie, honestly. And their dynamic was just really interesting and exciting to watch. Cause it's like the stakes also like the stakes being so high. Like mm-hmm. she's like really, She's trying to feed her kids and herself. Like, there's times where she, like, doesn't even eat a meal and her kids. Like, she doesn't let her kids know either. She's like, oh, yeah, no, he treated me to a meal. Like, that's why I'm not eating. You know what I mean? She's just trying to keep it together and do her best. And it's like, so you really feel for her and you're rooting for her. And then you're like, I don't know. It's just like, it makes you feel something. It does. But it's also like, there's some moments where you're like, woo! Like, you know, when you feel like the audience and like, um, you know, in like a... Not when you're watching Maury, but, like, something like that. You know, when people are just like, oh, snap, like, from the audience just going, like, woo. It's a collective thing. (laughs) I don't know. It's a lot. I feel like in movies we don't get this experience a lot. Like, it's, like, on a topic that's universal enough. Mm -hmm. Like, no one has to, like, through their water, have to worry about, you know, getting cancer. Right. Um, Like, you know, like... I never saw it was at Dark Waters. It was like Anne Hathaway and Mark Ruffalo a couple years ago. Mm. But like Aaron Brockovich, it's like you just root for her and you like something about the story and just like, yeah, like I would love to be in a movie theater. You know, when this movie came out and like hearing like the oohs and like 
Not like not that people yeah. at the end would like get up and cheer. Yeah, but I could you know, they might. That's been like a thing. But just like Yeah, you just want to root for Aaron Aaron and like Yeah. It's just one of those movies. Like it's like a feel good movie in a way because there's justice yeah justice is served like i don't i feel like i don't watch a lot of movies like this especially of like the last you know yeah there's a lot more i mean there is conflict and stuff but it does it gets settled like it's just really cool to see and it's cool to see her like take different approaches that most people wouldn't you know what i mean or just would maybe give up or like overlook the case entirely because like you know, she tried to ask people. She's like, oh, what do I do? Why are these things, like, why are there real estate and, like, medical records all in one? It doesn't make any sense. And they're like, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. Well, or, this like, movie's very focused on humanity. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting that, like, no one else seemed really into the case until, like, you know. I mean, Ed was, of course. But it was, like, you know, everyone else kind of looked at her like, oh, she's just, like. Just took, like, one broad. <laughs> who wears short skirts uh-huh. and high heels and you know yeah to do it exactly yeah she's a real reba <laughs> she's a survivor you know <laughs> yep but uh-huh. no do you have any any other thoughts uh you know i just really enjoy this movie like it's one of the it's not i don't want to say it's a classic yeah. But it's like, I'm going to remember this movie. Yeah. Like, it really sticks with you. Like, I'm glad I saw it. So feel good. Like, I, like, little six-year-old me looking at the DVD case, like, knew what was up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know this is going to be a good one. hmm Well, hey, we didn't really talk about it too much, but what about her style? Like, what about um, her fashion? Like, I don't know. Were you taking notes on her fashion? Like, were you thinking, like, you know what? That's... That's a cool look. Love a short skirt. Um, I loved when her leopard print bra was showing. Yes. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, she had the sheer shirt and the bra. That was, that was a cool look. I know. I mean, like, she is no, like, fashion icon. I don't know. I think she might be. <laughs> I think... I think it's so fun, though. Like, like Julia Roberts' characters... Well, for one, have the tiny sunglasses in common. Like always, we we got a moment like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like each one is so distinctive in their wardrobe, so it's super fun. And I feel like this one's like the like um, what's the nice way to put it? Like she's just not like a classy lady, but I like it. It's very like. <laughs> I don't know. I liked her outfits. I just, like, don't... I don't have much to say about them, though. Like... You were inspired. You know what? I did really like that red lace-up top. Ooh. Do you know, like, the short sleeve one where... It is like sleeveless. Not. I, I, well, I thought there was, like, a vest, too, like, that zips up or something. Yeah, but it's, like, that tie, like, the early 2000s tie-ups. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. She had a lot of sleeveless tops, honestly. Breaking all the dress codes. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. What did you think? I, you know, I thought she had, like, so many cool looks. Um, I love how she did her hair, too. Just, like, I don't know, big hair, you know? It's a vibe. Um, no, I was just on TikTok today, and 
like someone was like why like you know all like the icons of the 90s like the julia roberts of the annie mcdowell's with like the big frizzy curly hair mm-hmm. like we don't see that anymore we don't and they missed it and i miss it too Oh, yeah, but she had this one outfit. It was, like, a green turtleneck and orange skirt and, a, like, one of those really wide, like, belts that was orange. Um, I don't know. I think, that, like, when she went out to talk to the people, like, she just, like, always had, like, yeah, the sunglasses. She had, like, a zip-up leather top and I thought that was pretty cool. A lot of skirts. A lot of <laughs> denim. The zigzag denim. Yeah. I don't know. I just liked her style. I'm like, I, I don't know too. if I can pull it off, but I like it. I feel like, I don't know. I'd like to pull it off. Yeah. I'd give it a go. Yeah. Maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Brockovich day. Yeah. Why not? But, oh, my God. So this is the last or second to last Eat, Pray, Pod. Oh, I'm going to be sad when the series is over. I mean, we have like more. We have, we'll have things to talk about, but. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> But I was yeah. seeing my like weekly dose of Julia. I know. But next time is E Pray Love, not E Pray Pod. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've never seen that movie. So same. I'm really excited to see what it's all about. For sure. Get inspired. Take a trip to Italy, eat some pizza. Yeah, if I just disappear for a couple weeks, you'll know where I am. Or eat praying and loving. Exactly. But yeah. Well, that was Aaron Brockovich. Are you going to go back to listening to uh, Alien Superstar by Beyonce <laughs> and just twerking in the kitchen? Maybe. Nice. Yeah. So that was Aaron Brockovich. Thank you so much for listening. And give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Um, and if you would like to write in, give us any suggestions, any topics, any movies. Yeah. Just to say hey. Give us some love letters. Yeah. Um, you can email us at the late to the party pod at gmail.com. And we are also the late to the party pod on Insta. And yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. I used to ride with a vending machine repairman.